1241. Coming up at uh, 1 o'clock, we'll have Jay Seculo Radio. Then at 2 p.m., Adrian Rogers and Love Worth Finding. All of our interviews are brought to you by Aaron's Auto Center in Marion. They're your one-stop repair center. You can call them today at 618-993-5268. And we're very thankful right now to be joined live on the phone line by Dr. Jeff Ripperda. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Hey, well, thanks for caring about what I have to say. Well, hey, I think that, uh, well, I trust typically what you have to say, and you have been in the, well, gosh, I don't know, how long have you been a practicing doctor now? Man, well, so I graduated medical school in 2004, finished my residency in 2007, and uh, got my, my first real job, which was as a family practice physician in Murfreesboro. So I've been practicing in Murfreesboro since I finished my training in 2007. All right. Well, the headline today from Axios is worst flu outbreak in more than a decade spikes hospitalizations. And uh, I've been battling this over the last week or so, just now really feeling better. I've got a bunch of people who are out uh, with the flu at the city of Murfreesboro, employees there. First basic question, what is the flu? So the uh, the word flu gets thrown around a lot. When a healthcare professional says that someone has the flu, we mean one of a specific family of viruses, and we mean influenza. Um, broadly, influenza, there's two subtypes, influenza A and influenza B, and then there's a bunch of subtypes of that. It's a respiratory illness. It basically gives you viral pneumonia. So it's a virus that enters your body, and it causes this massive inflammatory response inside your lungs. And if you get influenza, you feel just like garbage. You're going to probably run a pretty high fever. There's only a few things that'll make adults run fevers up to like 103 and 104. Influenza is one of those things. You're going to have a cough. Um, You might get short of breath. Having just body aches and terrible fatigue is typically a a part of it. And influenza in most people is a a self-limited disease, meaning it lasts, you know, three to five days of bad symptoms and then maybe another week of the cough and the fatigue. It's miserable to have, but the vast majority of people will get over it, okay? The problem with influenza is that in a small percentage of people get get this supermassive inflammatory response in their lungs. Their lungs fill with fluid. They can get pneumonia. And in severe cases, you know, have to be hospitalized for dehydration, for respiratory failure, um, or even die. Um, flu is per- typically a pretty predictable disease here in Southern Illinois. We usually see a little bit of it in December, and then cases kind of go up from January um, to early February and then back down. And typically by the end of March, we're not seeing any of it anymore. But right now um, in Southern Illinois, as well as nationally, we're kind of seeing numbers that we would never see before January, February when the season peaks, but we are seeing as many cases right now as we saw back in 2009. 2009 was a big deal for those of us who kind of followed influenza because that was the year that swine flu went around, if any of you guys remember that. We had a pandemic pre-COVID once upon a time, but swine flu was the worst flu season that I personally have seen since I started my medical training back in 2000. And our numbers are worse than that. Um, and, we, you know, we don't know what it's going to do the rest of the winter is one of the issues. So there, there's a reasonable chance things will get worse in terms of the numbers as opposed to, to getting better. The, um, the frustrating part as a doctor and kind of the scary part locally is influenza is not the only thing in super heavy circulation. So influenza, we're seeing as much of it as we've ever seen. 
but there's several other viruses that are circulating. Sometimes you'll hear people talk about the stomach flu. The stomach flu isn't truly influenza. It's called viral gastroenteritis. That doesn't cause respiratory symptoms. It causes vomiting and diarrhea. That's circulating pretty heavily. RSV, which is a, a virus that causes uh, viral pneumonia, particularly in kids, has been circulating pretty heavily, although those numbers are dying down a little bit. COVID is still out there. And then there's two other viruses that cause more mild things called adenovirus and rhinovirus that are also circulating pretty heavily right now. And just with, with all of those things in circulation all at once, just the number of respiratory and stomach illnesses that we doctors are seeing locally, it's just uh, it's almost overwhelming. Like I literally get more sick patients calling in a day than I'm capable of seeing. So this Axios article says that these high levels of flu activity, quote, underscore how pandemic precautions may have left us more vulnerable to seasonal respiratory diseases. Do you think that's an accurate statement? I do. I think to translate that into English, especially RSV and flu. So like I, I said, RSV and flu had both behaved in this very predictable way up until 2020, where we would see them sort of spike in the winter when everything went on lockdown because of COVID kind of through 2020, early 2021, there really wasn't a flu season. I didn't see a single person with influenza, a single person with RSV, because those diseases just, they, they, they're not contagious enough to sort of break through the precautions that people were taking to, to not get COVID or the lockdown precautions. So it, it didn't happen. And then last year um, was sort of a mild winter for those things too. But then the strange thing happened over this past summer that we started seeing a few cases of influenza and a few cases of RSV kind of in like July and August, which is just unheard of. That would have never happened before. So we think what's happening is that there's probably some level of continual exposure that happens to influenza and to RSV that sort of keeps immunity levels up. And then kind of 2020 through early 22, nobody was exposed to those things, especially, you know, kids. Um, might have never been exposed to them in their in their lives, so there's just no immunity um, to them whatsoever. Now it seems to be sort of catching up. Now, a lot of people will say you, you need to get the flu shot, and I'm sure that you'll say that as well. And then I also hear people say, ah, you know, what I hear is that the flu shot's only effective against like 30% of the flu viruses. So what's the point of that kind of percentage? So the flu shot is a guess every year. The, the strains of flu that are influenza that are going to go around change from year to year. The World Health Organization, which is uh, pretty well like every country has some version of the CDC, Center for Disease Control, they get together and sort of say, here's what we predict is going to happen. Some years the flu shot is pretty effective. Some years it's not that effective at all, depending on how good of a, a guess that they make. Um, even if, I, I haven't seen the numbers for this year because there's a little bit of lag. Usually, if we start giving people flu shots in October, we got two months to gather data, and then we know how effective it is. This year, because we started giving the flu shots and the flu hit almost immediately, we don't exactly know how effective it is. Even if it only lowers the risk 30%, let's say. So in an average year, influenza in the U.S. kills 30,000 people, and it's going to be more than that this year. Um probably over 100,000 by the time all is said and done. Meaning, if every single person in the United States got a flu shot, and let's say we were going to have 100,000 people die if that didn't happen, that number is going to drop down to 70,000. So you can talk about a rate of success of 30%, and that doesn't sound like much. But when you talk about across the whole the whole country, you're talking about you know the population of Carbondale, <laughs> basically, and saying if everybody could, could get the shot, that we would literally save that many lives. 
Um, so, you know, is it perfect? It'd be nice if getting a shot was a guarantee. You wouldn't get the flu, wouldn't get sick, and wouldn't die. It's not a guarantee. It just lowers your risk. All right. So you get the flu or you're beginning to feel those symptoms. What do you do? do you, is, there, is there a reason to call your doctor when you've got the flu, or is there just not? you just got to ride it out? Yeah, I hesitate what to say here. I think anybody who has any sort of respiratory or heart problems or probably anybody over the age of 70, you really need to be in contact with your doctor just so they're sort of aware of what's going on, if, if nothing else. There is an effective treatment for the flu. There's a few different medications. Tamiflu in particular, if somebody starts that within the first 48 hours of getting sick, that's an antiviral medication. It's a pill. You take it twice a day for five days, and it makes the flu get better faster and lowers the risk of it becoming um, severe. There's a national shortage of Tamiflu, and finding that in southern Illinois right now is almost impossible. Um, there's a few places that have it, but I don't, I don't want to name them because I don't want to cause a rush um, on those places necessarily. Um, but but it kind of it stinks right now because the most effective treatment for the flu is a little bit hard to get a hold of. If somebody is running a fever and, you know, they feel crummy, but let's say you're 30 years old, 40 years old, 20 years old, you have no health issues whatsoever, so long as you are not short of breath, you're okay to actually ride that out um, at home for up to 72 hours. I think if symptoms go past 72 hours, especially if a fever lasts longer than that, you probably should make contact with the doctor and be tested to make sure that we're not missing um, something. For most people, it's a good idea to get tested um just so you know, you know, we want to know that we're not missing something more serious because, like I said, there are other things circulating. And plus, if you have the flu, it's just good to stay away from other people until you till you'd feel better and stay away a couple of ways. So, I mean, as a as a doctor, I always want to I always want to know, you know, what somebody's diagnosis is to the best of my ability, so that if something happens, I know what to expect. At the same time, I do recognize that also for influenza right now, unfortunately, you know, we can't do much outside of say take Tylenol, ibuprofen, sit at home for a few days. And uh, let us know if it doesn't get um, doesn't get better. The, the big caveat I would give again is anybody with heart problems, lung problems, um, any shortness of breath at all, you really should contact your doctor. Doctor Jeff Ripperta from Shawnee Health Services is with us today on the phone line. Anything else on your mind about this recent uh, spate of the flu bug uh, running around that we ought to know before we let you go? No, I, I think the one thing I would ask, and you know, my own patients have been very gracious and kind about this, is you know, the the when I say there are a lot of viruses going around right now, I really mean there are a lot of viruses going around right now, and the demand for healthcare in Southern Illinois is actually higher than the supply, and that's frustrating. You know, if you call your doctor and you're sick, you know, you'd like to hear something back that same day, that same evening, as soon as possible. And I mean, we, we, I mean, we're a little bit overwhelmed right now. The ERs are overwhelmed. The walk-in clinics are overwhelmed. My own clinic is kind of um, overwhelmed. You know, I, 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 I guess I offer this as an apology on behalf of the healthcare system of Southern Illinois. We're, we're trying our best to get everybody in and to, uh, to, to see them. Um, I would beg that please don't go to the emergency room just for a fever. If you are really listless, confused, like really feel like you can't breathe, you should go to an ER, but most other things really should go through your primary care doctor's office. Um, just because, again, the ERs are really struggling with, with volume right now, and we want to make sure that people who are going in honestly are having an emergency. Dr. Jeff Ripperta, generous with his time today over his lunch break. We appreciate very much. Jeff, take care. Have a good one. Thanks, Will. I appreciate you calling.